Welcome to this podcast from confectionerynews.com with me, Jane Byrne. Ongoing price spikes and supply headaches around sugar and cocoa have left confectioners reappraising how to keep a lid on spiralling costs. We asked Keith Flurry, Senior Analyst at Agri-Commodities Specialist Rabobank, if such volatility in, in these two ingredients would continue into the latter half of the year. Well, I think that um, there are two stories here um, for the cocoa market. Certainly, the volatility um, and price increases we've seen are a function of um, political strife in number one producer, Ivory Coast. And what's going to happen in that situation um, is anybody's guess. We've had um, escalating violence there, and um, realistically, the, the country seems to be on the verge of civil war. Um, this does nothing for volatility and also does nothing for the um, prospects of further production out of the nation. Um, the mid-crop um, is expected to be harvested in April and May, but if farmers can't get credit, if there's no labor available because people aren't willing to travel, um, that means that the beans are going to stay on the fields, and um, that means that the supply in the longer term could be diminished. This is going to only increase the volatility on the market and um, may increase prices further along the line as well. But has a greater percentage of the um, September harvest not actually uh, been delivered? Yes, well, there's still a pile-up of beans. Certainly we have a million beans sitting in um, Abijara right now. Um, and that helps the short-term fundamental outlook, I think. A lot of producers are also covered in the EU and um, in the United States. But whether those beans can make it and um, whether the quality of the other beans that are being smuggled through third nations are going to be up to spec for a lot of importers remains to be seen. Um, also, um, in the longer term, <clears throat> outside of um, the next couple of months when these beans should be made available, um, I think there's going to be a lot of issues, not only in the mid-crop starting in April, but also the main crop starting next fall. I think that um, strife now is um, increasing the price um, for the product in the short term, but also what it's doing, I think, is going to inject a lot of volatility into the market for a little bit of a longer term because we don't know what's going to be happening to these um, crops. So we have on one side um, a lot of supply now, but the uncertainty about when it's actually going to be delivered. And on the other side, we have um, the supply that's supposed to be arriving in the future from crops that haven't yet been harvested um, potentially um, diminished because of what's going on. And with high spot prices in cocoa, how long does it take for, for um, such hikes to actually trickle down to the, the end user manufacturer and then further on to the, the consumer? Well, this depends on um, how well covered the manufacturer is, how um, long their supply chain is. Um, certainly, though, um, we've seen prices escalating um, now and rising for the last couple of months. Um, you know, almost 2011 has just seen a large price rally. So already consumers and end users are noting this. Um, we're seeing in cocoa and coffee and a number of other products, um, retail prices already increasing. Um, you know, I think that people realize um, that they were only able to cover so much and that now they're going to have to come back onto the market and buy. Um, and this is um, making people nervous and this is what we're seeing and this is probably going to lead to higher retail prices. Turning to sugar now, uh, has last week's uh, intervention measures by the EU um, 
are they are they likely to remedy the deficit at all within the within the block? Well, I think it's going to help supply within the block, but um, internationally, I think that there are still pretty thin thin. Um, inventories of sugar, which means that the volatility in that market will um, continue. We have a large speculator position there, um, and they tend to be very quick to sell. Um, last year, um, the 57% three-month drop that began in the beginning of February, you know, is pretty fresh in everybody's memories. So um, that market will likely remain volatile. I mean, we are not going to be building on stocks at all at the end of the season because of um, pretty robust demand. And what this means is that with low inventories, um, price movements can be very severe. Um, in the EU itself, you know, the 500,000 um, out of quota supply plus the 300,000 um, low duty um, should help um, the short-term shortage. But at the same time, this still needs to be voted on. There's still some uncertainty to whether this uh, sugar will arrive, all of it. Um, and now I think the question is is whether or not um, exporters and sugar producers are going to be able to export more next season and what this is going to be doing next season. Would restrictions on speculation uh, help curb this kind of uh, volatility in these particular commodities? Well, I mean, I think the volatility, the root of volatility isn't speculative um, activity. It is actually um, supply. And what we've seen in both of these commodities, um, whether it be because of outside um, political um, intervention or, in this case of sugar, high demand and some diminished crops, what we're seeing is low inventories. Um, and low inventories and the uncertainty about um, future inventories leads to higher higher volatility. I mean, even um, going back um, for the 70s and the early 80s and other um, price rallies we've had in sugar before speculators were a big name, before speculators were really in the market in the same kind of numbers, there was still this kind of volatility. When you have an increasing market, which is due to very tight fundamentals, you tend to get high volatility. And while intraday volatility certainly may be amplified by speculator moves, I think that um, in general the market is going to be very volatile when um, supplies are tight. Okay, well, commodity commotion looks set to continue then. Thank you, Keith. This has been Jane Byrne for confectionerynews.com. Thank you for listening.